This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 100 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we celebrate our 100th episode with funny stories of Christmas with our animals. In Tigopedia, we share our tips on puppy training. Critter Nutrition, we get a sneak preview of Biostar's new paste formula. And in Coffee Clutch, we ask what unusual pet or fantasy sci-fi creature would you add to your family? Listen in. I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty Perucci. And you're at Healthy Critters Radio. And I'm Coach Jen, Health of Critters Radio, 100th episode, producer. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. Well, we when, couldn't when have we done it without of, you. I mean, we once we early days. Yeah. Once we ousted Glenn, things just smoothed <laughs> right along. <laughs> Poor Glenn. <gasps> I tell you, you guys are in some pretty special territory because believe it or not, the vast majority of podcasts that start never make it to episode number 100. Really? Oh, oh, really? We didn't know. That. So I'm yeah. kind of glad she didn't tell us that. Yeah. Tiggs. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to put any extra pressure on you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. For that. Cause remember the pressure of like ticker. Do you remember in the beginning when, we didn't want to listen to it because we didn't want to hear our voices. <laughs> I still don't. I mean, it's been a hundred episodes. I do not want to hear it. I, you know. Tigger, Tigger, does it bother you to hear your voice back on the podcast? Horrible. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. Really? Which is ridiculous because she's got such a great radio voice, I think. I love Tigger's voice because it's so distinctive. You know exactly who yep. you're listening to. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's got an excellent laugh, too. That always helps. Yes, yes. And then she also has an excellent non-laugh, and then she starts laughing. Yes. The, yeah. yeah, Tigger has Tigger has the unique skill set in that she has an excellent laugh and, and, sigh, and an excellent silence. Oh, no, she does. Tigger, what is my number one complaint about you? Are you there? I'm like, Are Tigger, you- and she's like, Patty P, I'm thinking. I'm like, well, could you think louder? Could you make some form of a noise? Yeah, that's my number. Like, I'm like, oh, great. I've dropped the call. I don't know where she is. Yeah, and she's still there. She's just listening away. <laughs> she needs to have an audible. You know how on your computer you get that little hourglass thing when it's thinking? Uh-huh. She needs yeah. an audible when she's thinking, some kind of a TikTok noise or something. Ooh, that would make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I, if I got to choose that noise. Ooh, what would uh, it be? Oh, it would definitely be... Um, from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I was going to say a herd of dogs barking. My bad. <laughs> yeah. A cackle of puppies. Sound of a late, a late, the lightsaber. Oh, I was going to say, was oh. it be a lightsaber oh, yeah. or a Tie Fighter or? I think I think it should be the music that they play each time we see the Death Star. Oh God! No. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the music from the from the bar scene in the first in the episode four yeah i think that's i think that would be perfect for you thinking yeah i can't believe that either one of you even knows those things yeah Yeah. i have no idea what you're talking about has nothing to do with critters or nutrition or health yes it does yes it does how does it how does it relate turn it around for me chewbacca ewoks yeah is Chewbacca is Chewbacca a carnivore, omnivore, herbivore? Do we know? Vegetarian. You think he's an herbivore? <laughs> no, I think he's definitely a carnivore you or think? an omnivore. He, yeah. yeah, he's got some pretty wicked looking teeth in some of those scenes. He was modeled, or the sound that he makes was modeled after um, Lucas's Malamute. Oh, that's funny. Are you serious? Yeah. We just bought on, uh, we got Disney. We got Disney Plus recently. Is it not the best? It's wonderful. And we watched a very in-depth special on 
how Star Wars got made originally. Oh, I loved that. that Did you watch it too? Awesome. It was amazing. Yes. It's amazing. It was amazing. What that guy went through to make that film. Yeah. I, I mean, the obstacles were just yeah. ungodly. Yeah. You know what it, it did for me? Because we watched it in shortly after Radiothon when we were still sleep deprived. As and you you'll get this too because you're a small business owner. When you are self employed, you have a unique set of stresses in your life versus someone who works for someone else. And Absolutely. watching and hearing about how that whole thing came to be from his point of view yeah. and from people inside of it, I went, Oh, we're not alone. <laughs> I, you know, for any any of our listeners, you know, we're talking about obviously George Lucas, and he really took on the studios, and he took it on so he could have true artistic freedom, mm-hmm. and and he had this really small budget for the kind of film he was making, and he was so smart because he he. He negotiated that he got all the merchandise. Oh, yeah, yeah, the studio, the studios yeah, didn't have a lot of faith in it. They thought nobody's yeah. gonna buy any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but they're angry now. Yeah, what I found interesting, and I knew a little bit about this from other reading I had done when I was first learning how to do sound production. A lot of the technology we still use today to produce sound for podcast and to produce sounds, sound for video, uses technology and or equipment that industrial light and magic his company invented and i didn't realize just how much he invented he really invented the modern uh special effects absolutely and he industry. invented pixar and he invented that pixar computer program yeah and he, yeah his team invented and then sold to Steve Jobs. Yeah, I it, was, mean, it was fascinating. My God, the man is a... I would love to have dinner with him. That's all. Just yeah. one night, one dinner, and listen to him. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question, Patty. Is there someone that you would love to have dinner with just so you could pick their brains for one night? Yeah, I sprung that on you, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Uh, this is... I, I, uh, this one... I mean, I have a... a, a bunch of i carl hessler carl hessler yeah mm-hmm. is there somebody that you know in the real world you would never be able to sit down and pick their brains at dinner have dinner and pick their brains because tigger and i both know that would never happen in this or any other universe, universe. <laughs> yeah no i mean honestly uh, no not really i mean no, I can't. Uh, it, boy, that was. I'm I, I, at three o'clock in the morning. I'll be calling you, Jennifer. I thought of the person. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I no, I can't. I mean, to me, you know, my whole life has just been about you know about horses and riding and raising my family and doing that. So, I mean, to me, it's just sort of, which is so sad <laughs> when I think about like you know because I, I you know, I guarantee you like if Ray heard this, he'd be like, of course you want to go. You know, because he's, you know, talking about the new movie that's coming out and all this stuff. I'm like, I have no idea, Ray. I'm not going to be going with you to see that. But yeah, I know. I, I, what about you, Jennifer? I mean, I'm going to throw that back at you because I, I don't really have anything better than that. Oh, there's so many. I would I would love to pick the brain of Nikola Tesla. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to pick the brain of Bill Gates. Not that I... Everything nah, I could I possibly conceivably pick out of his brain wouldn't amount to a pinhead of what he's got in there. But he, I find him to be a really, really fascinating human being. Mm. And so crazy smart. And because I live with a crazy smart husband, and I am not crazy smart, I find crazy smart people fascinating. They're, to me, they're like, in, in Victorian era, people were fascinated with animals and they put them in zoos. They had no concept of what the animal really was, what its essence was. They had no idea what that thing was all about, but boy, it was fascinating. I find uber-intelligent people the same way. I have no concept mm. of what makes them tick or how or how their brain functions, but I find it fascinating. <laughs> yeah. So uber-smart people 
I, I just love to sit and quiz them and listen. And that's why I like doing podcasts because I get to, I get to quiz people who are smarter than me. And I love that. Yeah. 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 So since I'm doing all the quizzing today, <laughs> yes, <laughs> before we hit the record button today, one of the things we were all lamenting is around the holidays, we all do a bit of traveling and a lot of extra work for our jobs. So Tigger, who makes the annual pilgrimage to Wellington, Florida, where the entire universe of dressage and show jumping and hunters descends. And there are about how many horses down there for the season, Tigger? 15,000. All in one place. And they compete week in and week out for how many weeks? Three January, months. February, March. About three months. So it's, it's cray-cray. Yeah. So you have to get your entire life organized, your family organized, your business yep. organized, and you yep. shuffle yourself down to Wellington for three months. So there's a great deal of planning and organizing. Oh, yes. So we're going to take, take the 30,000-foot the view. What advice would you give to people who also have to make that trek? They're traveling someplace during the holidays, so they have to have their entire life organized before they go. What would it be? Wow. See, I'm getting um, tough questions today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 wasn't, I, I wasn't following that that's where you were going. No, um, she's, Jen's just being mean today. <laughs> it's just being mean. I had ice cream for dinner. I'm all hopped up. I know. It's, yeah. That's a, you know what? I'm, I'm so calling Glenn about the moose tracks. What is the one thing that you either do or don't do that gives you the ability to go, okay, I've got this. I'm, I, I can go now. It's that, that focus on the job that has to be done. In my oh. case, it's driving from Virginia to Florida in one piece with two dogs and everything I need for three months in Florida. So it's, it's a case it's of such an organization focusing thing. on what you need to do and not letting the extraneous stuff that you go might that like yeah, today yeah. I was thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to have to get in the car and drive a thousand miles with dogs and da da da. And who knows the weather. And, and if I think about it ahead of time, I, I just freak myself out. I get ang great anxiety, but if I just go, the day that I'm leaving, I get in the car, I gas up, and I just hit the road with that focus of, okay, Wellington bound, come hell or high water. Stick I'm with going. the here and now and don't let your mind wander yeah. over the, the things yep. that may or may not happen. Very interesting. I like that. Because that applies to how to keep your nerves at bay when you go into the ring before in a, in a big class or go to a job interview, keeping your mind on the here and the now. And be present mm -hmm. and don't think about all the extraneous stuff that, you know, you just want to wander through. And yeah, I like it. Good one. And, and, oh, I always make sure I have a good, you know, some podcasts lined up to listen to and a good book on, you know, book on tape. A good audible mm -hmm. book. Yeah. 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 Audible is a great thing. Um, great thing. So, Patty. Yes, ma'am. Your process is, is, is a little bit different in that yes. you have to organize your life, your barn, your business, your family, etc. But mm -hmm. you are going to Wellington for a period of time in order to compete. Yes. So what is the thing that has to either happen or not happen for you to be able to hit the road and go... Got this. Well, you know, it, it, and for me too, it's I'm competing because I want to compete, but I'm also going to get my training because during the year, it's always about my clients and, you know, getting them where they need to be. And it's, you know, it's Florida to me, and this is why we differ a little bit, is Florida to me is always about being very selfish and refilling my tank and making sure that I'm right and on track and, you know, all of that stuff. So, so I get super excited, but, you know, it's, it's aligning, making sure, you know, the, the, always the night before it is, I like to have everything set up like the, the days, 
and the week, say the week getting into it, I like to bring down as much of my own hay as possible. One, because I don't like to switch things on the horses so much, but the hay and the grain and having all of that organized packed in the trailer so that when I get up first thing in the morning, you know, that all I have to do is wrap the horses and put them on the trailer and go. But it's having everything kind of organized, knowing that everything is together, you know, and for me, for years and years, I was traveling with kids. And I was thinking, you know, Tigger's like, oh, I listen to a nice podcast or, you know, you or, wanted a, silence, you know you? Or, or a book, you know, I'm, you know, I was listening to Veggie Tales, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and cucumbers singing um, for a long time. Now my kids are grown, so it's different. But I think for me, just knowing that everything is, all of the the horse's stuff is packed and ready to go and all lined up and knowing, you know, where, what destination and I'm going to get to like the first night, whether I'm going to drive straight, you know, from Virginia, we, we played back and forth, whether we would drive straight through or, or, or stop. And that it's funny because it's sort of a double-edged sword because when you know you're going to stop, you're like, oh, I could, I could drive for 10 hours. It's no big deal. But like, you know, hour nine, you're like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, horrible. But if you're driving straight through, which I didn't do with the kids, I always made my husband stop with the horses. Or, I mean, you know, he kept going and I stopped with the kids. But I, you know, you, you just, you get to the point where you're like, you know, well, at hour 12, oh my gosh, there's only three more hours. But um, I just think having everything aligned for the horses and everything all set is what kind of the thing that just like, okay, I'm ready to go ready to go. Are you a list maker? Me? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All your ducks in a row now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the horses. I mean, you know, with people stuff, you know, you can always go and buy some more stuff, but like there's certain things that you know your horses want, you know, mm-hmm. and I have been pretty fortunate in all the years that I had been going down to Florida and doing all of that. I would forget things for the kids, but I was pretty good about the stuff with the horses. <laughs> um, so that, that's, and if, the, if you don't tell the kid you forgot it, he doesn't know. Yeah, you know, you just that's why God invented Walmart. You know, there's always going to be another beanie baby or, you know, whatever it is that you need. So, absolutely. Okay, one more quiz question before we uh, move on to our roundtable. Uh, Tigger, yes. when, when the stress starts to get to you, especially around the holidays, what is it that you treat yourself to, whether it is an experience or a thing to help you? relieve stress i get another dog <laughs> i was just gonna say do you really want to know this yeah uh-huh. and geez tigger have you <laughs> yeah that's where we are way too simple <laughs> yep so are are um, your dogs in and of themselves all the all of the dog hair and the slobber and the cuddles uh, stress relievers for you tigger huge yeah how about you patty what's your stress reliever well, honest and truly, I think one of my favorite things to do <clears throat> is to go out with my dogs and watch them like run. It, it sounds so stupid and so basic, but I love to watch my two Aussie boys just run and play and run and play. And especially like going through water and just having, you know, a, a, like yep. just that's yep. a wonderful. And stress. they're beautiful in motion. Oh, um, yeah. Australian and just shepherds. Silly. And just like, silly. And silly. And yeah, it's just bashing so- about and you watch all the different personalities like they're communicating, you know, yeah. with each other. They're spread out and they're communicating and it's it's just a wonder. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's funny because a, a very dear friend of mine that was in San Antonio and then moved to Dallas, which is eventually why I ended up moving back up here, um, is uh, she has two Australian shepherds and. At, and I, she would host clinics for me and we would sit in her back, like after teaching 10, 12 lessons a day, I would sit, you know, with a glass of wine and we would watch our dogs run around and it, <laughs> you would think after a long day and we would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And that is just one of my favorite things in the world that, that I mean, Tigger, how many, how many videos? have we sent each other of our dogs running and we're just like oh, you know it's kind of like baby pictures and i think other people are that way i'm hoping other people are that way tigger because i'd hate to think, hate that, to they think that you're the only ones yeah but if it is just her and i it's cool it's i okay. mean you know but yeah that's that's a big stress reliever for me just making it simple and kind of getting back to basic stuff yeah that is kind of a thing for me yeah yeah cool so that kind of wraps up my 
quiz Tigger and Patty on their congratulatory 100th episode. Now yeah. we know a little bit more about you both. Yeah. Yeah. So in another 100 episodes, when we get to number 200, actually. We're asking you questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tigger, Tigger start getting ready. Yeah. We're going to ask her some big ones, too. They ask me tough some tough ones. questions. Okay. Fair enough. So our next segment today, since we do not have a guest, because getting hold of guests to get, come on podcasts this time of year is exceptionally difficult because they're all stressed out and busy with holiday right. doings as well. They're watching their dogs play. Okay? They're watching the dogs play right now. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little chat about sharing if memories of Christmas or your favorite holiday that you celebrate with or without our animals. So Tigger, take it away. Well, I, I was just thinking of a Christmas um, when I was growing up and we had this, well, I was in college, so I wasn't that young, but, but my mother had this fantastic cat and his name was Catnip. And <laughs> my father never really liked cats. And our, the Christmas tradition in in my family is that we had to have a sit down breakfast before we went to the tree. And my father insisted on it. And then we had to clear the plates. And then we had to do the dishes. I mean, everything oh, that's had torture. To that's torture. <laughs> yeah, and as a little kid, it's real torture. Yeah. And make our beds. So everything was set out on the in the dining room table. And my brother had poured glasses of orange juice and put them, you know, around. And my dad was setting up his movie camera because we have every Christmas in my lifetime on film, thanks to my dad. So, oh, wow. So he's setting that up and we're milling around the kitchen and da 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 da. And so we all get to the table and we're waiting for my father, who typically, you know, is just trying to draw out the agony. And catnip jumps on the table and starts drinking the orange juice out of my father's glass. Orange juice? Really? Yes. Yes, oh, and so my brother, one of my brothers turns to me and said, don't tell him, don't tell him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we get the cat off the table. My father comes in, sits down, and picks up the glass. And I, his children went into peals of laughter. And he couldn't figure it out. You know, he's drinking his orange juice. And then we told him. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thankfully, he had a good sense of humor. Yes. He did, wow. he did ask for another glass, but... Yeah, wow. cat on the table drinking orange juice. On Thankfully. That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How about you, Patty? Well, you know, so much of uh, oh, there, there, mine, there's so many just incidences of, you know, having Christmas dinner, you know, all of us getting up from the table, walking out for just a couple minutes, and then finding a dog on the table. <laughs> And that's just not, it's, it's many, it, you know, it was many a dog, our, our favorite, you know, naughty dog that we had of all times was um, a Boris. You remember Boris? I do. He was a little miniature pincher and he often thought that anything left on the table and he was, you know, he would just climb right up. I, you know, nothing specific like that story, like you have Tigger, but, you know, just stories of cats going after, you know, ornaments on the tree and walking in and seeing the tree completely, you know, off to the side. Last year, Ray, I didn't witness this, but my son said that he got home or came downstairs. I'm not sure how it went, but I, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but my husband got in late and came in and the tree was up and decorated. And I don't know if one of the dogs got super excited and ran into the tree, completely knocked it over. And Peter's attempt of, oh man, if Patty gets up tomorrow morning and sees this tree like this, she's going to flip out. So he takes the tree in its entirety, which has been thrown to the floor and just sets us back up. He doesn't fix, he doesn't fix an ornament. Like everything is off to the left. And Ray says he comes downstairs and he's like, dad, what happened? He goes, nothing, nothing happened here. Everything's fine. But literally every ornament was on like one side of the tree. I didn't get to witness it because Ray fixed it. But yeah, so, you know, just animals has, have always been a big part 
of our Christmas celebration, but they have often, you know, you know, one time I came into the room and we had all the presents under the tree and, and one of the dogs decided it was a great idea to lay on top of all the presents, of course, undoing all the wrapping, you know, they, I'll tell you, they keep it real. You know, you think, you know, when you have kids, you're just making everything perfect and you want it to be perfect, you know, and then the, you know, you come and you find a cat in a tree or, you know, (laughs) how about you, Jennifer? You're laughing now, but I'm. It's a. It's well, real. I, okay. I laugh because our family had a similar experience. I grew up in a very large house uh, that was built in 1863, and it is a classic brick Victorian house. And the ceilings mm-hmm. are 12, 14 feet thereabouts. And we were lucky enough that um, our aunt and uncle had a Christmas tree farm. So we would go out each year as a family, and we would pick our Christmas tree and cut it and bring it home in the pickup truck. And much to my mother's chagrin, my dad and all of us children, of course, agreed that we had to to use up all 14 feet of height when we bought a Christmas tree. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. And when you get a 14-foot tall Christmas tree, the Christmas tree diameter is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So we, obviously, your standard Christmas tree stand didn't cut it. Uh, we had a 55-gallon a metal drum cut in half. And the wow. base of the tree would be plopped into it and filled with rocks. And that's what held the tree up. And that's in addition, we also had guy wires drilled into the solid wood frames of the eight-foot-tall windows in the room where the tree lived. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, and that's how the tree would stand up. And believe it or not, one year, a or a either a cat or a group of cats, because we had several at the time, did manage to take that tree down. <laughs> it's had, a big tree to it's come a big down tree. in your house. It my had not God. been decorated yet, thank goodness. But yeah, we came down in the morning and it was at about a 45 degree angle. And uh, yeah, I think the cats spent about the next month or so out of doors, not because we threw them out, but because the the screaming and yelling from my dad was so loud. I think it just terrified them and they left. (laughs) My my mother went through a phase. Well, she's still in it. (laughs) she, She stopped wanting to hang, you know, like ornaments and garlands so we we had to string popcorn and cranberries and she would bake these cookies which we then decorated and hung on the tree oh that's mm. awesome. so she, she wanted it very traditional very natural you know, old-fashioned yeah. and yeah. we had a border collie oh <laughs> he jumped up on one of the popcorn and cranberry garlands. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Elf went the cookies. Elf went the oh my popcorn. <laughs> and of course, it was an hour before our annual Christmas party. Oh no! <laughs> oh no. And the dog is running around trying to grab every cookie in his mouth. My mother is yelling at him to get out of the living room, and he's like, nope, the food's here. This totally needs to be a scene in the next Home Alone movie or something. (laughs) (laughs) This totally needs to be in the movies. (laughs) So if you've had some funny Christmas with your animals. Send us a postcard. Send us a postcard and enjoy the memories because yeah. it's it's always fun to to think back on those times. Absolutely. And now we need to talk to Hedwig and find out how she feels about Christmas and, and our hundredth show. Yeah. <laughs> We are all so happy. It's our hundredth show. This is amazing news. I can't (laughs) even think of how many times people have been so fortunate as to hear us chitting and chatting. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so Hetty, what are some of your reflections of the last hundred episodes? Well, there was the enlightening day when I explained to you where my name came from. Not mm-hmm. an owl. Even though Tigger said my ears are like owls, but they are not. She was wrong. True. Wrong. And, oh, singing. I've done some excellent singing, I think. Uh-huh. Yes, you have. And then, and <laughs> um, some nicer things, too. I have talked about my sister and my goblin brother and also about the death of my brother who ate the Advil. Yeah, so, horrible. Many times I have said things. Yes, many times you have benefited from my wisdom, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you give us your your intellectual philosophy on achieving this 100th episode of the only talking Pomeranian on in the podcast world? Well, of course. I mean, I think what's so important to consider at this time is the way in which I have Filled, nay, created a cultural space in which a Pomeranian, who is, of course, iconic in so many ways, can demonstrate the ways in which our community so needs a talking point and a, a place where we can come together, step out of our silos, and agree on a few important things. Small dogs need large, expensive private jets. Of course. Small dogs need excellent staffers. Yes. Small dogs are always right. And no. <laughs> Next. No. Hedwig is about People to meet who- her match this winter in Wellington. Mm. Uh-oh. No, I am not. Your stupid puppy is going to get locked out of our room, and that will be it. <laughs> Just like all the other stupid puppies that have been locked out of our room so many times. Let me just explain one thing to you, Tigger. Your dogs are not that bright. and have never <laughs> once figured out how to open the door. Just this morning, my sister and I opened the door where our food is kept and then opened the can in which it is contained and then tipped over the can and then got in the can and ate the food. Now, when is the last time your dogs did that? Never. (laughs) Because they're good dogs and they're well-behaved dogs. Dobby, who last year learned that chicks were kept in a bag on the back of the door and then helped him like an excellent smart dog that's why he's our friend that was amazing we were so proud we spent months explaining that to him we never thought he'd get it Hetty what was it that you said to me about gates gate guards for dogs gates are a girl's best friend (laughs) no oh no. Um, Something about a closed door is better than a dog guard than a. Oh well, I mean, I think if we were to be perfectly one hundred percent clear, there are many issues with the baby gate theory. Number one, I can still see your pet. <laughs> um, the very best thing about a barrier is opacity. I do not wish to see through the barrier. I do not wish there to be a netting effect, so I can still see your puppy. No. I want a door. Doors make excellent neighbors. <laughs> well, my puppy's learned how to jump, so he'll be visiting you on your bed. Just to be clear, number one, your puppy is already the size of your dog. So it's not a puppy anymore. It's a mastodon. And number two, it's not coming on my bed because my door will be closed. And you can come and make a little scratching noises all you want, but no one's letting you in. <laughs> that would and be a nah girl. <laughs> and so, folks, tune in for the adventures of 
young Australian Shepherd puppy and Hedwig. Oh, I can't wait. Again, it's going we to are be not a movie. doing this. It's going to be the next. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be the next blockbuster hit from Disney. Thank you, Hedwig. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Goodbye. Congratulations, guys. Thanks. On number 100. You know, that puts you in the top 2% of all podcasts. We did not know that. No, yeah. we didn't. Yeah. It's I'm kind of glad we didn't know that. Uh, yeah, not too many make it to 100. Wow. Well, Why is that? But because people get tired of doing it and they realize it's work. After, <laughs> after about six months, they go, oh, this is work. Yeah. Uh, but you guys are glutton for punishment, so you just hang around. <laughs> well, we also have that, we have that talking dog. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you have that. And you have listeners, and that helps, too. That does help. Yes, thank you. God bless the listeners. Yeah, thank you to the listeners for hanging around for 100. Absolutely. No, it is a milestone. It it definitely is not something that happens with most podcasters. Wow. And you're doing it twice a month, which makes it even... You know, which makes it even uh, a bigger feat because, you know, the weekly ones can hit 100 pretty quick. Two years, but you guys took four. Wow. We've been doing this for four years. You have no, to we if have. you're hitting 100 because that's about 25 a year, right? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. When you say it like that, you, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about it. Yeah, that, well, Tigger, that makes sense. I mean... Think about how many places I've moved in that period. <laughs> you know, when you take a look back at life events, we've done that on the morning show with Jamie and I. We've been 10 years. And, wow. you know, we've both wow. moved. She's had kids. You know, uh, it's just there's been a thousand life events in 10 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, you yeah, know, sure. some of your listeners have been around since the beginning, so they go through them all with you. you know, well, so that's, and that's the best part. That, and, boy, do we appreciate that. Yeah, we I appreciate that. Yeah, anybody that sticks around and listens to any of our shows for that long, we definitely appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for hey, sure. And I know you be- guys just talked about this, but I have to thank Tigger because with the storms coming in, I just know I can give I can give that secret medicine to my doggie. <laughs> and she just is sleepy, sleepy. And I may have used it the other night when she was being a pain in the neck all night long for no reason whatsoever other than being a pain in the neck. And I gave her one of those little sleepy pills, and then I was happy because I could sleep. See, that's perfect. So Theracom is a godsend to doggies. Yes, yes it is. I don't yes, know why it, it works, and I don't care. <laughs> I'm just glad it's legal. <laughs> I don't know what's in it. I don't even know if that's legal, but I don't care. It works. It's legal. Okay. There's nothing extra medicinal in there. That, no. 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 It's like the, not like the magic brownies that people have. No. no. Oh, no. no? They're not okay. like Colorado brownies? No. Okay. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> I don't care, by the way. It's okay with me. We're not testing her for anything, so... <laughs> Good point. She's not showing. <laughs> well, congratulations, guys. Well done. Well, and thanks for all your help, you and Jennifer. This wouldn't yeah. be possible without you. So, Absolutely. well, you guys make it happen. You make the magic. <laughs> and that that silly little dog. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Merry Christmas thanks, to Glenn. both of you, and Happy New Year. You Thank too. You. Same to you. So we are at our Tigapedia section, but it's going to be, we're, we're going to do a little bit of a different twist to it. Tigger has recently added to her family a new Australian shepherd puppy named, well, Kino Bino Bandino Sambino. No. Keen. Keen. And he's actually a half-brother to my sweet boy, Catch. And we just thought it would be a great idea to kind of introduced different um, Tigger and I collectively have owned half the dogs in the world. <laughs> and um, we thought it'd be a great idea to kind of introduce like some different ideas about puppy training tips. And, you know, I, um, my baby boy catch is now a year old and, you know, there were certain things that I had to do to introduce him to, you know, my, my little tribe of, of dogs. But one of the big things for me has always been crate training and knowing that 
you know, that they're, they're comfortable in their crate. And of course, um, the, the soundtrack puppies are, they adjust to everything so well, especially if you do a great job at introducing the crate. And Tigger, I thought that would be a great lead in to your recent experience with Keen. I, before I tell this story, may I just say, I don't like crate training. I don't like crates, but I realize that they are an important part of a puppy's education. That being said, I thought I would be so smart and buy a soft crate for Keen. So the first night I put him in the soft crate, no problem. Second night I put him in the soft crate, no problem. Third night, I put him in the soft crate. I climb into bed, and then there's all this frantic scratching. It's really working it, working it, working it. And then there comes the puppy howls. And, I, you know, it's in my bedroom. I, I just, I, it was so pathetic. So I get up, and I go to open the crate. And discovered that his very clever pawing has actually broken one of the zippers. So now I can only get him out with one zipper working. Because he's dislocated the track from the inside of the crate. Which it, it takes quite a skill, I would imagine. So, so then I put him on my bed and that's been fine. So I decided, okay, I'm going to start feeding him in the crate. So I put his bowl in the crate and I pull, I zip it down. One side doesn't zip anymore because of his paws. So I just use the other side to zip. And he, and he goes in there and he takes two mouthfuls and then he turns around and he starts scratching again. And as soon as I open it up and I take the food out, he eats it up. So this was like day four. Day five, I moved the crate into the living room, figuring, well, it has no business in my bedroom because now he's sleeping on my bed. And he climbs on top of it, of which I sent a picture to Patty that my three-month-old puppy has just climbed on the top of his crate, looking around the world like, okay, so this is what this is for. Gotcha. This is a lookout point in the living room. Well, Tigger, I had a very similar experience, not with catch. So th- let's just say, let's just throw this out here as as our tip: don't buy a soft crate for a puppy. <laughs> because go. yeah, so that that's let's start there. So I had purchased a soft crate for Burke, my first Aussie, and had a very similar experience. But I didn't realize he was pawing at the crate because I would put the crate in the back of my truck when I would travel to the barn. And I one day, you know, got out of my truck. I went to the back door and and his head just popped like he, like he was laying down and his head just popped straight out of the top of the crate. And again, I had to get the same thing with getting the tracks right and whatever. And I was like, Oh, this is Tigger. This is, this is how dumb I was. I was like, Oh, there's something faulty about the crate. So I went ahead and bought another one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah. So fool me no, once. Say, yeah, fool me twi- fool me once. Shame. What is it? Fool me once. Shame on you. Sh- fool me twice. Shame on me. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I had a very similar experience. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to do that. But so so what I have always done is I feed my puppies in in the crates. Uh, from the very beginning, because I want them to feel like it's warm and kind of um, a great place for them to be. And what Catch does, it's so funny when I am making his food up, he just starts dancing and spinning around to get, he can't get in the crate fast enough. He just like, he can't get in the crate fast enough. And so, I mean, at, at a year old, he still likes to eat in his crate. And I have to say, what I've noticed about Keen is that as long as he has an escape pod, in other words, as long as he's not closed in, he's happy to go in there on his own. He'll go oh, in his crate, right. lie down, sleep, or bring one of his toys in there. But you zip it tight, you know, you zip it closed. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is not a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I will not be contained. Exactly. My kind of dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. That's going to so make, make for a long drive, oh, though. Gonna make for a long drive. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my dogs never travel in crates in the car. Oh, they? Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's bad dogmanship. But Sabi likes to sleep on the floor. And, yeah. Yeah, but Sabi. And, and another dog. Sabi's you know, Keen. Yeah. Keen will just. I, I've already taken him for a test run. Oh, have you? Yeah, to the office. And um, he just, like all the other puppies, he just curls up in a corner in the, the back seat, and which is really comfy and has lots of towels and sleeps. I made the mistake one time. We have a greyhound named Glory, if you're not a regular listener. She's a small greyhound, but a greyhound nonetheless. And I made the mistake of putting her in the front seat of the truck once. Oh, oh my gosh. You would have thought, oh my gosh. It was, it was as if I was sitting there pulling her toenails out. <laughs> oh, wow. She was the most miserable dog in the universe having to sit in the front seat. I thought that would be great. You could see she, where she's yeah. going. She can stick her nose out the window. No. 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 She wants to sit in the back seat and curl up in a little ball where she can't see anything at all. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Do you're, are, yeah you're, they, are your guys front, front seat or back seat riders, Patty? Back seat. Take no, mine back are, seat. Yeah, How about yeah you? mine are totally back seat. I mean, because they go, my two boys go with me everywhere when I'm teaching or whatever, I always put them in the back seat because uh, because they were in crates for mm-hmm. um, ever, just because I wanted to make sure they didn't get tossed about. Not that I drive bad, but. Yeah, but not everybody does drive good. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's funny because Catch likes to sit on the seat and Burke has always been on the floor. Always. I've never like, had a floor sitter ever. Uh, has always been on the floor, even yeah. as he's a, a young dog. Yeah. It's funny. Like, yeah, he's a way floor sitter, but, but it's kind of cute. Cause you know, I have like one of those, I guess they call them like a, a hammock you know, mm-hmm. for the back of the yep. truck and every now and then, you know, cause now, cause Burke's underneath the hammock. And so like he'll peek his head up every now and then and check on me where we're catch will come over and give me a little lick in the ear just to make sure I'm driving straight. You know, <laughs> he just kind of does a little, Hey, how you doing up there? And then he goes and sits back down. So it's just, it's so, it's so comical to me, you know, how, how different they can all be. But yeah. So I, I always keep them in the back. Have either of you ever traveled with kitty cats? Yes. yes. Well, <laughs> I moved. Moved. Yes. I love the tone of I voice. Moved. Uh, yeah, not fun. Not yeah, fun. my my two cats have gone from Virginia to Texas, back to Virginia, back to Texas, and I, I every time I go to put them in the crate, I mean, at this point, they're like, um, no, yeah. no, <laughs> no, not happening. Figure some stuff out. No, leave us here. <laughs> yeah, my one cat's her name is Fupa, and she's. A, a beautiful rag doll and she truly runs the world. If anybody really wants to blame anything in this world or know what's going on, you need to talk to Fuba because she's got it all going on and she's just the queen of the universe. And she's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting in a crate again. And I'm not certainly not doing it with my brother. So that's out. There you go. Now Tigger, this is the nutrition yes. part of our discussion. I have to, I have to get this to have relevance to our show. Our dog, <sighs> Glory cannot survive Without her Theracom from Biostar. Aww. Glory, Glory has issues. She's afraid of everything. So she gets her Theracom. If it's thundering, if it's windy, if it's cold, if there's noise, she has to have her Theracom. Is Theracom, can you give that to cats too? Or is that a dog-specific product? It's, it's dog-specific because of weight. Ah. Okay. Because Glory's like a 30-pound or so dog and she gets one little cookie. So that would be way too much for a cat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She yeah, she could be real real calm. Maybe maybe in 2020 BioStar will come out with the M&M size for cats. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm not I'm not going down the cat no, route. Not doing the cat route. Um, you know. What would you recommend I, for a cat that stresses out about travels? There's is there a is there something in their diet that that we can turn to to help them be as calm as possible? Milk. Oh, huh. what? Am, I thought milk was bad for cats. Well, you want you know I would use probably goat's milk. Goat's milk, really? Interesting. Um, it's it's loaded with tryptophan. I did not know. Amino acid. Yeah. Very calming. And goat's milk is really easy to get at most grocery stores now. Because yes, it is. Issues. And I would dilute it. 
a little bit of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe start a, a little bit in advance to make sure your kitty's t- used to it. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't need explosive diarrhea. Don't need that. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Don't need that. Interesting. A little, a little saucer of milk a couple of hours before yep. you hit the road. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Have you ever had experience with the pheromone sprays they make for dogs and cats? Oh, I yes, I have. Not cats, the sprays. Sure. I've I I I know I've used the collars. Mm-hmm. And how on dogs. How about you, Patty? I have had, I have to tell you, amazing results with the pheromone stuff. My FUPA, you know, president of the world, she went as a small cat, wouldn't like use the litter box and would just be stressed. And so it's like, oh my gosh, how do you, fi- how do you fix this? And so I get, I get this thing called feel away and I plug it into the wall and it really calms, really totally calms her down. But then I was having problems with them not scratching on like the right things they were trying to do it on my furniture or whatever. And they also make a product that you put on like what you want them to scratch on. And again, it's like a pheromone and they literally, I have retrained my cats to go, which is shocking to me because I can't tell you how much furniture they've ruined. Um, and when I found this product, you just kind of drip it on there and they, um, go and because when cats are, are you know scratching they're trying they're stretching their muscles out which I did not realize I thought they were just trying to do something trying, with their just claws trying to destroy the house yeah yeah well I thought they were just trying to piss me off well that's not the case <laughs> it could be both but they're trying they're 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 stretching their muscles out and so it is a really big deal for cat owners to have some form of a scratching post and they really do like to to scratch upward I have a bunch of ones that you can lay on the ground that they can kind of need and whatever. And that needing response is different than from what I understand. Uh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Well, I just, and this, so the company feel away also does a spray that you can use to deter them as you're training them to go on to a post um, like I did. And you can spray this, this, the spray is to make them not scratch whatever you don't want them to scratch. And this blue liquid thing is to encourage them. So it was, it was really kind of interesting because I have been like, was so stressed out about trying to get this figured out. It took two days. I mean, literally just, yeah, two days. And with, with, you know, with Fupa, her not wanting to use the kid. So when I got her as a kitten, Gabriel, her older brother, they're not related, but she kind of came, someone said, oh, you can't just have one cat. You have to have two. And Gabriel went, no, and um, would beat the crap out of, of Fupa. And so she was like, kind of, traumatized so i separated them for a long time but in the process of that she stopped using a litter box so then i did the feel away in the wall things and it was huge 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 helped oh, so much how interesting is that yeah i don't think mm-hmm. um yeah having more than one kitty in the house that's a whole different show interesting yeah. stuff so yeah great yeah. training travel stressed out kitties we have solved the canine World. and feline yeah. issues of the universe here haven't we yeah and I do think we can start a segment, Ask Fupa. Ask, oh my gosh, yes. 2020, yeah. the year of the talking cat. Yeah. Oh boy. There we yeah. go. And now we're at Critter Nutrition. And I'm going to give you a sneak preview into Biostar's new paste formula which is coming January 2nd. It's called Star Power. And we have been testing it for about six months. And it addresses energy needs for performance horses. How does your horse use energy? There's basically two types of horses when it comes to energy use. Some horses get excited, they get amped up, and they end up depleting their muscle glycogen in stores and they kind of run out of steam. A really good example is a horse that it maybe is a show jumper and you know does their round of a meter 40 or a meter 50 and then they have to come back for the jump off and they sort of gave their all in the first round and they come back in the second round they just don't have as much juice and I'm talking about muscle juice. The other kind of horse is what I call the diesel They take a long time to warm up and get going, and then they can't maintain the energy 
over a, a long period of time. So a good example of this are some dressage horses. They take a while to warm up and then you get into the test and about halfway through, they're like, I can't hold myself up anymore. Or they get behind the leg because they're just running out of literally muscle energy. So we created this this paste formula that addresses both different kinds of horses. It increases the production of ATP, which is the energy currency of the body. It, we reduce oxidative stress, which are the free radicals. And in reducing oxidative stress, we can help support mental focus and clarity. We help the body utilize fat for energy conserve the muscle glycogen stores so that they're not burning too much glycogen and then running out of it and provide some GI mucosal support because any kind of performance horse is going to be under stress and that's going to obviously put some stress on the gut. And the way we approach this is with some very specific adaptogens. Adaptogens are plants that are capable of balancing the body at a cellular level. One of them is ginseng, one of them is rock rose, and one of them is cordyceps mushrooms. So I will get into a lot more detail about these ingredients and how they work in our next podcast. But one of the horses that we tested is a Grand Prix horse, and according to the rider and trainer, it has made such a difference. He gives the paste a couple of hours before the mare goes in the ring, and she doesn't run out of gas. And a Grand Prix horse, of course, is their level of collection over six minutes is a long, long time, and she used to kind of run out, kind of run out of gas. And now she doesn't. And, she, and even the same when she does the special. We tested it on show jumping horses. Again, th- there are show jumping horses that are kind of diesels. They're slow to warm up and they may not have a lot of blood, meaning a lot of thoroughbred blood in their, in their breeding. And they need, you know, muscle energy help. So the great thing about star power is you can give it you know, before you go in and ride or do a clinic or if you're taking a long trail ride and you need and your horse needs the energy and you don't need to give it every day, you just give it as needed and it's working at a cellular level. So look for Star Power Paste coming out January 2nd. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So now we're at Coffee Clatch, and in honor of our 100th episode, I thought we'd do something fun. And I put this question to our listeners and to Patty and Jennifer. What unusual pet or fantasy sci-fi creature would you like to add to your family? Jennifer? Oh, what's her name? What's her name? Um, I can't remember her name. The Big Bird in Up. Oh, 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 wait. <laughs> oh, choose me Kevin. first. I'm going to say that one. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? Kevin. He called her Kevin. Her name was Kevin. The now, giant... the dog was Kevin, wasn't no, it? No, the, the dog's Doug. 
<laughs> You're right. Very good, Jennifer. <laughs> uh, the dog, the the bird was Kevin, and everybody thinks it's a boy bird, but it's not. It's a girl bird. I want bird. Kevin. Oh, okay. Kevin would be awesome to have. Yes, I yeah. lo- I oh. love chickens and guinea hens and things like that. But d- Kevin is like a kicked up version. Oh, that would be so much oh, fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Too quick. Yeah. Too quick an answer. It's going to be a short segment that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely who I want. That's who I want mm-hmm. to add to my family. Okay. Mm. Patty? I would like the bird Kevin from the movie up. Okay, kidding. The only thing that I can think of is um, I'm not a great sci-fi person, but I was thinking if I was going to have anything is um, you remember the invasion of the body snatchers? Yes. Well, okay. Like what a great, (laughs) what a great thing to use as sort of like protection, right? If you, people know you have body snatchers, they're not coming. They're not going to come and break your house. (laughs) Right. I know that's so totally. Skip the Rottweiler and get a body snatcher. Right. Because nobody's showing up. Nobody's going to come to your house. Nobody's going to do anything. Like you're completely safe. Oh my gosh. That's Can't awesome. you see the sign outside of Patty's house? Yeah. Warning. Body snatchers. Body snatchers. No, not kidding. Yeah. No, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Not sure that's the healthiest answer, but Tigger, how about you? I have two. Oh, okay. Of course you do. <laughs> First is Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, that cooing and the ears and the force. I've got yeah. to have that in my life. Yeah. Being with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the second is Rocket, the raccoon from <gasps> Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I, a well-armed raccoon. Yeah. Awesome. I know. I that is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Super good one. And he's furry and cute and he talks. Yeah. And well, he can be in a pet. <laughs> yeah. He can be a little uh, gnarly at times, though. I, I don't mind that. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. One of my favorite movies. I love that movie. That's a good one. Well, my gosh, Patty, what do you say you don't know sci fi? Well, I, but I just, I, I just don't think like you, you guys are so, you're into Star Wars and all of that. And I'm like, it's just never been my thing. And then, when you were saying them, I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. That's a good one. Yeah. And what's the what's his uh, the tree? What's his name? Groot. Uh, Groot. Groot. Oh, yeah, Groot would be fun. Yeah, Groot would be fun. Groot would be fun. What yeah. about on on the same line as you, Patty? You could have a Dementor or a Death Eater. Oh gosh, I don't even know cool. what that is, but that just scared me. Yeah. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh God, a Dementor. Yeah, they. Yes, I do remember that. That was yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to have a, an owl that carries my messages. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, you know, you know what? You, I, you know, have... you know what? I don't want to have, and this, I don't want to have. I don't want to have a stormtrooper because they're useless. Oh yeah, no, no, no stormtroopers. They're useless. They're just the opposite of a body snatcher. They're completely another body snatcher. That's very clever. That's really thinking outside the box, Patty. I like it, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the only thing that I can think of. And I just thought, you know, why not have one of them kind of, you know, protecting your premises? Oh, we forgot one, Jennifer. Uh-oh. From Star Trek, the Weeble, the the little furry tribbles. thing. The trouble with Tribble. I'd love to have one of those. Or a Gorn. I, a, a Gorn. Gorn? The big lizard guy? The oh, Gorn? yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> again, you're not going to have anybody stealing your mail. Yeah. You won't have people knocking on your door trying to I sell you stuff. Rocket the raccoon. Or Rocket yeah. the raccoon. Yeah. Or <gasps> the panda in Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he would be that pretty would cool. Be, that would just be entertaining. It would be ice cream for, it would be ice cream for dinner every night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you had invaders, he'd just sit on them. Yeah, there you go. So if you uh, if you're joining us in this in our fantasy of what kinds of unusual pets we'd like to have, let us know. Send us a postcard. We would love a postcard. Have yeah, your deliver it. The yeah. more postcards, the better. Mm. Send it to Biostar US, One Cleveland Street, Suite Eight Hundred, 
Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your Wookiee. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>